Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the third episode of the That's Hockey Talk podcast featuring myself, Nick Morado, Jeffrey Gorman to my left, Zito, Viva La Zito on the ones and twos. Thank you, Zito. And of course, AQ Shipley joining us from his lovely office out there in Arizona. Thank you. It's another day, another dollar, guys. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Hey, let me stop you, Nick, really quick for our listeners. <laughs> okay. okay, Nikolai, just so you know, my friend Nikolai standing right next to me is wearing a black long sleeve T-shirt with a Pittsburgh Penguins player on it, jersey wearing number 87, but it is not Sid the Kid. It is a goat's head, and I'm saying you are in playoff mode right now because you've been sporting the penguin colors, especially this goat head, which is available at store.patmcafeeshow.com if you want it. I'm not doing a plug there, but I love that you're going all NHL from here on out when it comes to your fashion. <laughs> Have to, man. It's that time of year. I mean, the long sleeve, uh, of course, is great here, but uh, just to remind you, thank you for bringing this up because also at the store, we have tons of shirts, literally for almost every team, at least every good team, the cheat code <laughs> options. Uh, shorts sleeves coming up here it's summertime baby it's springtime sun's out guns out drinking beers on the porch take your tv outside and watch some playoff hockey because we got what five games left yeah and by the way aq's doing that now he's in arizona so he's got no weather issues all year long <laughs> let's talk about it right now what's on everybody's mind with the playoffs coming up uh a lot of teams fighting to get in a lot of teams basically just dragging it out to get to the end of the season to get to the draft to get to their offseason go hit the links all that fun stuff uh a couple games going on tonight uh washington at carolina does ovi get his 50th yes. tonight yes you think yes. so? Yes. I mean, it's just a matter of, yeah. I won't say it's either this game or next game, but he will tonight. That's a good team. That's I think he definitely play. gets it before the end of the season. Carolina, though, uh, listen to this. They lead the league in shots per game, and they're obviously one of the better teams at suppressing shots if you haven't watched the Carolina game yet. They make things a nightmare in the neutral zone for teams that love to play with skill like Washington. Uh, and we, we talked about this last week. We asked, are the Hurricanes going to stop with the storm surge celebration after mm -hmm. games? Uh, Justin Williams tweeted out today, regardless of whatever happens tonight, this is going to be their last storm surge oh. of the season. Wow. I don't like that, AQ. I don't like it. It's been like working. It they're on a roll. I mean, they're having fun. People are looking forward to it. He addressed that. He says, it's been an absolute treat celebrating victories with the fans. Uh, muddy in the waters a little bit. We created a buzz again in Carolina, but we, we know ultimately we've done that. So he gets it, right? They, they, he knows come playoff time, fun and games are over. It's time for the big boys to go out there, buckle up, chin strap. Do you think, do you think the celebration with the basketball hoop just being like a jump on ice on skates with injury possibly happening. Maybe. You think upper management maybe said something about <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, I think they may have said, hey, boys, we kind of need a healthy roster here. I mean, they were just starting to get good, too. I, I bashed them earlier in the year on a faceoff, I think, because I, I thought they were all kind of corny. But then they, they, they did the fishing in the dark the other yeah. night with the nitty-gritty band playing. I love that. They did the duck hunt, obviously. Then the basketball celebration. And you're right, man. <laughs> like, all it takes is Van Reemslake to come down a little bit backwards and just have his skates fly out from under him tears a knee or something, bangs his head off the ice, night-night. Uh, yeah. Speaking of flubs like that, how about Tavares last night? I don't know if you guys saw the shootout. Uh, I bet on Toronto, so obviously this happens. They're in their, I believe it was their first shootout of the season, which is insane, that in is their insane. like 77th game. Tavares goes down, and he just flubs the puck and loses control, and it just skates over to the boards like, what the fuck are we doing here? And you, and you heard, uh, by the way, 
a whole state almost rose to their feet and gave a standing ovation. And, of course, I'm talking about, well, upstate New York, at yeah. least on that. Is when oh, yeah, the Islanders, yeah, the Islanders fans. <laughs> and, of course, Philly fighting for their playoff lives. I think they're done. Obviously, I think that that, that too many points there. What are they? Six points out, five points out, something like that. That's just too many to overcome. But uh, they still have life. They're technically not mathematically eliminated. So there we go. Uh, something else I wanted to talk about, too, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, obviously, we know how good they are, how good they've been all season. This this caught my eye, and I thought this was interesting. The other night, they came back uh, from a multi-goal deficit in one. They were down two and a third. They are the third third team tied with the Devils and Flyers to do this in 28-2019. The... Let me get this right here. Overcome a multi-goal deficit in the third period to win in any fashion for the third time. So that makes sense because the Lightning are that good, right? Mm -hmm. The other two teams that do it, the Devils and the Flyers, does that surprise you at all that these two teams who have not had good years, the Devils have had a horrific year, are the other two teams that come back from multi-goal deficits in the third? We talked about how the whole league has basically been doing it, but I was surprised to see that these two teams pretty terribly have got it done. Philadelphia and the uh, Devils. Yeah, and the Devils. Wow, Devils. I just looking up what, right what, now. What are the number of wins? Well, they're two, New Jersey. They, New Jersey got twenty nine wins on the year. They got sixty seven points. Philadelphia, who I'm what, calling what, out. What, what, what are the number of all those three third period overcome? Like, is there like a number of like they've overcome six multi multi goal deficits? Uh, three. Fires got four of them against the fucking Penguins. Yeah, I know, and uh, <laughs> I think that's what pissed me off about this stat. I think when I read it, it was like, okay, yeah, of course, half this shit happened against Pittsburgh. But, right. you know, again, we're not going to sit here and be homers, uh, even though I'm in my Crosby shirt from store. I know, but you brought this up earlier home. real quick. Uh, let's have a quick funeral or a quick celebration. Philadelphia, where okay. we, what are we doing with them in the playoffs, they're, boys? Both of you, they're, they're eight points they're dead, out. But I will, eight five points games out? I thought it was left. six. Eight, they're dead. Why they're are we dead. talking and, about And I will say they have quite the future with that goalie, though. I really He's like legit. that goalie. I like him a lot. He's legit. And then I saw this, too, like the Devils – uh, they are fourth in draft lottery odds to get the number one pick. Gorms, you're all excited about this because Detroit is actually number three, 11.5% chance to uh, win the lottery this offseason and get a shot at Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes, man, the wonder kid. He's supposed to be the guy this year. Orlando and then relocated up to Michigan. Yeah, he is supposed to be the guy. But he, and, he, and you know what? AQ, he's one of those guys again. I don't know if you know much about Hughes, but he's overwhelmingly the number one pick. University of Michigan, right? Uh, his brother actually is at University Brothers, of Michigan. Okay, yeah, it. I mean, they're they're talented hockey family. But this kid yeah. is like 168, 170 pounds tops. He's, he's light. He's yeah. a little kid. I mean, they'll, they'll put weight on sure, him. Sure, they'll the put league. weight on him. But he's scoring at – I mean, he's he's at like two points a game right now playing for uh, whoever he's playing for right now. And that's not the uh, uh, you know under-20 U.S. national team. It's something else. But, I mean, it's ridiculous. These guys are small guys, and they get on the ice, and they're different different people. But I love seeing it, and who knows who's going to end up with Jack Hughes. Hopefully, hopefully the lottery plays out. Well, yeah, let's set the record straight here. Uh, everyone should know if they don't by now. We are not big prospect guys. We know we know a yeah, thing or two about a person right or two, but you know. I just know the Hughes brothers. I know yeah. that. I don't know where they're from or where they play. There you go. So Colorado, ironically enough, with the pick from Ottawa they got in the Matthew Shane trade, uh, sits at eighteen point five percent chance. They are likely, if you play the odds mm -hmm. here, to have the number one overall pick. You think they're going to sneak in in the West? You think they're going to be the eighth and final team in the wild card spot in the West? Yes. You're convinced of that. I, I have said uh, on this show a couple times now, I like Arizona. I'm sure AQ's pulling for Arizona. He wants to go to some playoff games. Uh, 
What makes you think Colorado gets it done? Is it because of McKinnon? Is it because of Rantanen? Is it because of the high-end talent? The way that they're playing right now, it's just stupid. I mean, they made the goalie switch. They got Philip Grubauer in there. Grubauer. He did Grubauer. this last year, too. I mean, 5-0-1 in his last six when they sat down. What's his name? Semyon Varlamov? Semyon Varlamov? Yep, yep, Okay, yep. so they sat down. And I'm just saying, AQ, you know about this. Same thing in the NFL. You get hot at the right time. And there are teams that are hot, but this is a hot streak that they're on, plus a hot goalie. So I'm saying, look out. I'm going to I'm gonna take the other side. I'm going to go with the Yotes. I know, Nick, I think you want them getting in there, too, but... Darcy Kemper has been playing pretty amazing himself. I know they've lost some games recently. I think they lost like four or five or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Two of them were in overtime. They got the big win, uh, one nothing against the Blackhawks the other night. If they and then I think they play the Avalanche on Friday, which is a huge game. Big forward. big game. Yeah. Okay, so you look at that, and you mentioned Grubauer. He did the same thing to Holtby last year, so planted him in the in the stretch runner. Uh, Columbus, who I pretty much all but rode off, has kind of crawled their way back into same, it. Same here. Same and here. for the same reason, Sergei Bobrovsky looks to be like that Vezina winning goaltender he was in the past, and he's really turned it on the last couple games. When earlier in the season, a couple months ago, it looked like he was all but done with the team. He, he missed something, didn't show up to some team function, practice, whatever it be, and they told him to stay home. I thought they were getting rid of him. We thought he might move at the deadline because he needs a contract. Lo and behold, he might save the season, sneak them into the playoffs. They're battling with Montreal in that, for the final wild card spot in the East. I don't. That's a huge toss-up to me. I don't know who gets that. I want to say Montreal. Ends today, though. Ends today. Montreal is in. If it end, if we if we yeah, start getting a huge game tonight, yeah. don't we? Don't the Canadians Blue Jackets play tonight? Yeah, I mean, those two teams are fighting for their lives right now. Pretty much every game is a playoff game for them here on out, as if it hasn't been already uh, so far through the season. When I think about Montreal, it's just Max Domi, obviously, huge year. I think he's got 25 goals on the year. Uh, And Jonathan Drouin, who was kind of leading the resurgence there for a little bit, really fell off this year. He's struggling. Carey Price, I mean, he's the glue there. He's the straw that stirs the drink, so to say. Montreal, I something about I I wouldn't want to play them in the playoffs in the first round because of price that scares me a little bit. Um, speaking of that, we got a question this week. Uh, we asked you guys to send in questions. Use hashtag That's Hockey Talk, and we got one this week concerning the playoff format, which was interesting. So I want to talk about this a little bit. Get your guys' thoughts yeah, here. Explain it to us, Nick. Okay, so the question comes from Drew Zach seventy five. Uh, he says. What do you think of the playoff format? Do you like the rivalry-driven format of the present or the old 1-8 through eight format? I just feel the best two teams in each conference always seem to meet before the conference finals. Uh, great point there by Zach. That's actually what this playoff system was designed for. So if you're unfamiliar, if you're new to hockey, uh, you're new to the sport, the NHL changed their playoff format, I believe, in 2013-2014. Uh, 16 16 teams still qualify, the top three teams in each division, uh, two divisions in each conference, right? Uh, Make up the first 12 teams in the playoffs. The remaining four spots are filled by the next two highest place finishers in each conference, Mm -hmm. based on the regular season record, of course. So it's possible for one division in each conference to send five teams, the other sends just three. In the first round, the division winner with the best record in each conference will be matched against the wild card with the lesser record. So you look in the East, you look at Tampa Bay, they're one. They're going to play whoever is in the eighth seed, be it Montreal, be it Columbus. Right. Uh, I think that's favorable for Tampa Bay, obviously, in either ser- either setting or scenario. And that would be the same with the old format. The old format, one through eight, where each division winner, uh, there were three divisions, and each division winner got one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Regardless of their points, there were a lot of times that old, I think it was the Southeast Division back in the day, the Capitals used to run, Capitals and uh, Lightning fought out for. They would always end up as... Uh, 
in the three seed and like the Atlanta Thrashers were in there and whatnot, whatnot. And they wouldn't have, you know, there'd be other teams in like the four or five spot that may have more points than them, but they still got that third seed and home ice because they won their division. Used to be much more important. So you look at it now, what do you guys think? Because the way this system is designed, one plays eight, but two plays three. So you're looking at potentially a Pittsburgh Islander matchup in the first round as opposed to what could potentially be two of the better teams in the playoffs meeting down the road in either of the conference finals. You're looking at these first and second round matchups. That's where the better teams are meeting. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with it? Do you like it? Do you enjoy it? Q, you go ahead first, and I've got an opinion as well. So I, I like the old format much better. I like the one through eight. I think it created what we all want, right? The top two teams playing for the, for the conference finals. Yes. I think this one, yeah, I think – it does create the better matchups early, but then once those teams get out of those rounds, they're basically clear sailing to the finals. And um, it, it all depends. I mean, this is obviously what the NHL wanted, but I, I personally like the one through eight old format a lot better. I'm with you. I was a big fan of the old format. Uh, I understand they had to change some things, obviously, with the expansion and teams coming in and teams moving. They finally moved Detroit over to the east, which was a big deal for Detroit, uh, just in time for them to get bad, right. unfortunately. Horrible. But uh, they get moved over to the east, which at the time was arguably a weaker conference. Uh, so I preferred the old format, uh, but I but I understand the reasoning for the new format. Gorms, what do you what do you I, say? See, here's her? the thing: I, I don't want to teeter on both sides of this, but what I what I like about the new format is if you are indeed going to get a team that's a mid middle of the road team, sure, that has found their streak. Well, I like that momentum playing somebody like Tampa Bay, who's you know setting records with 122 points so far. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So I don't mind that. I'm on the fence about it. If I, you know, if I had to do it in front of judge and jury, I'd say let's go back to the old way of doing it. But I don't mind when these teams will meet in the conference final. They both had to play great hockey, and I don't mm-hmm. care if it's a five seed taking on the one or whatever. They're on a streak of some sort, and you know darn well they got a hot goalie. So. That's why I'm on the fence about this thing. I'm uh, either way. I I mean I enjoy playoff hockey either way. But if I had to say it at the end of the day, I'd go old school. But there's nothing. You know, I'm I'm not totally against the, the new way that it's going to because it it's promoting good matchups and it's promoting hot teams taking on teams that have been very good along the the stretch of the regular season. Yeah, and I, I think we're going to be okay this year with it because you look at the way it could shake out. You could have uh, Tampa Bay and Boston oh, in the second please. round with the uh, Pittsburgh. Washington in the second round. So those are must-see. And that's the reason they did it. The NHL wanted better games uh, for TV in the second round. At the end of the day, the champion is, I mean, almost always, I mean, very rarely is it the best, best team. Agreed. I agree. Right? So at the end of the day, it's who gets hot at the right time. I've had coaches before say, hey, let's just get in the tournament and see where the chips fall, right? I mean, at the end of the day, that that's all that matters. And regardless of what format we go to, whoever's playing the hottest, at the end of the year, is the team that usually rolls. Uh, and then I saw this, too. I wanted to bring this up. So Elliot Freeman writes an article every week. I think it's called 30, 31 Thoughts. Uh, he has a podcast with it, too. It's great. If you've never read it, check that out. A lot of, a lot of deep stuff in there, contract talks, some interesting rumors. But he mentioned this, that the players in the NHLPA don't like the current format. They're not happy with it. They're pissed off about it. Uh and he, he heard the grumblings, but they're actually legit. He talked to a few players, and they're not happy because uh, it's fueled the rivalries. These are his words. It's fueled the rivalries in California and certainly Pittsburgh, Washington. Obviously, we've been treated to three just classic series the past three years there. Uh, but it hasn't given them, like, the Battle of Alberta. Mm-hmm. That's what they wanted. You know, they want, like, the Flames and the Oilers going at it and, like, the Battle of Ontario. They want the Leafs and the Senators going at it. But, I mean, uh, what can you do? Some of those teams, like Edmonton's a 
dumpster fire right now outside of McDavid and Ottawa. Look, Ottawa may not be good for another Edmonton, five years. By the way, Edmonton cost you money the other night. Just they so always you know, do. Okay? They always do. Because you never know when McDavid's going to go off or when they're going to show up or whatnot. But uh, if we had more of those, he says, there'd be fewer complaints. One of the reasons they did it was the TV contracts and all that stuff. So I get that. And I get you have to cater to whoever's paying the bill there. But I, I honestly just much rather prefer the old format. It was simpler. You knew where you stood. Uh, and home ice. How big of a deal is home ice to you guys? Because I don't think it's as big of a deal as it's made out to be. Uh, I, let me go on this, too, because it's kind of a two-parter here, and I want both of your thoughts on this. You guys, and when I say you guys, I mean you Pens fans. There is okay. a race to win the Metro Metropolitan Division right now, okay? Mm-hmm. And we are talking all within three points of one another. Your Pens... Of course, the Caps and the Islanders, all right? So it's a tight race. Do you guys even care as Pens fans? And I mean genuinely about winning the division. I don't. I don't know about you, AQ. I I mean, at the end of the day, like, I mean, everybody wants to play on home home ice. There's no question. But I was looking at the the graphics put on the screen the other day, and they're top three in the league in every category on the road this year. So it's – I mean, at this point, like this particular year, I could care less. Yeah, as a Penguins fan, I'm very used to Washington winning the division. It's kind of been their division in in terms of regular season success. And Pittsburgh's had to go on the road all the time. It doesn't bother me. It's like the travel is so short, too. Uh, AQ, I'm sure you could speak to that. Uh, You're out there in Arizona. You guys got to travel a hell of a long distance when you got to get somewhere. Like if it was against Tampa or something like that, Mm -hmm. sure, I would want home ice so they don't have to fly back to Florida. But there's, again, then there's so much time off typically between the playoff games when you talk about that because that's a potential conference finals matchup. They have time in between games. They're not as rushed. Uh, AQ, you can speak to the travel uh, and what a nightmare that could be or couldn't be. I don't know. No, no question. I mean, I th- I'm pretty sure in the four years I've been here in Arizona, I don't think we've won a single East Coast game. Really? So, it yeah, I mean, and, and it's crazy to think about that, but the the odds are, like, when you have to travel and change time zones and you have the late flights and you get in and you're, no matter what you think, like, yeah, you can still try and go to bed at 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock or whatever, but you're still going to wake up on your time back and from where you're from. And so, you're kicking off at the, 10 a.m. your time. Bingo. Yeah. And it kills you. So especially when you have the, the cross country time things, it, it really screws up what screws you up. But, um, you know, like for, for us, like, like the Penguins are going to play either Washington or the Islanders or whatever. So they have the close ones. Those things don't bother us. I don't mind our division matchups where we're flying to San Francisco, Seattle. Sure. Um, you know, in those, those, I mean, those games, it, it's, it's whatever. It's, it's part of the deal. Yeah, and uh, speaking of, I think it's a bigger deal out west than it is in the east because the eastern teams are also close to each other. You look out west and the, the geographical distance alone between like Winnipeg oh. and maybe in Arizona or Vegas or something like that is insane to me. Um, I think it's a much bigger deal out west. Uh, saw something else too that interests me. I want to get you guys' thoughts on it. Uh, Calgary. Okay, you know we've been trying to show some love to the Flames. Our East Coast bias shows tremendously. It's through the roof. <laughs> what are you going to do? I got to go to sleep at some point. I can't stay up and watch Flames games. Listen to this. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau, Elias Lindholm, Sean Monahan, Matthew Kachuk, and Mark Giordano, the defenseman, give Calgary five seventy-point scores. Jeez. Okay, when uh, Gorms take your best guess as the last team to pull that off, five seventy-point scores. Oh, I'm gonna go. Let's go back to the Oiler dynasty somewhere there. Okay, the '80s Oilers. You think? Why not? Wrong. AQ, give me your best guess. I'm such a homer. I'm gonna go the '91 Pens. Close. But no cigar. 
Okay, it's the 2000-2001 version of the Pittsburgh Penguins with Yammer Yarder, who had 121 points. Sure he did. Alex Kovlev, Martin Straka, and Robert Lang, they had one of the best lines of all time in hockey. And, of course, Mario, who had 76 points in 43 games. <laughs> Guy's good. So yeah. that should go to show, uh, if, if you're sleeping on Calgary this year, don't. Because they are loaded to bear, and they got the defense to do it. Again, we talk about their goaltending. Can David Riddish get it done? I don't know. We'll see. But they are loaded from top to bottom. And Mark Giordano, arguably one of the guys up there, maybe top two or three, should get a shot at the Norris this year. Uh, that's caused some controversy. I'm just here to tell you this much right now. Giordano wins the Norris. You think so? Yes. 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 And yes. Okay. Oh, uh, done. You don't like Brent Burns? I like Brent Burns. It's Giordano's year. And you know what? I'm just telling you. Say what you will about it. Giordano wins the thing this year. I know Brent Burns has one tucked away. I got it. But this is an interesting – by the way, it's an interesting award, too. It is. I uh, mean, it's an interesting award. Uh, is, it a, is it a two-way award? Is it both on the offensive side, or is it just considered the defenseman's responsibilities? It's a weird one, but it's also some one we look at. And I want to get to a stat that you guys are not – yeah, you might believe it, Bill, but after we're done talking about this. Well, okay, one second. So if you're new and you're listening and, you, and you're like, oh, I'm just listening because you guys put this out here and I'm trying to support <laughs> you, that's great. We love that. But the Norris Trophy is given uh, annually to the league's best defenseman Top is defense. the way they sell yep. it. So uh, as a defenseman, you know, you're, you're playing in your own end a lot, but you're asked to score points in the modern NHL. Traditionally, this award goes to guys who score a ton of points. Is that right? Is that wrong? Who's to say? It's not for us to decide. I think... There's a simple solution to this. I, I mentioned this a little bit on face-off, but we can dive in a little bit deeper here. You break this up like they do for the forwards. For the forwards, they give awards. The Rocket Richard for the most goals. The Art Ross for the most points. Uh, they even have the Selkie Trophy for the best defensive forward, which is pretty hard to judge. And that's similar to the Norris in a sense. Like You have to have a reputation to win that. You have to be a notable guy. Um, it kind of comes when it's time. It's almost like being made in the mafia. They're like, all right, all right, all right, Sonny. It's your time now. You're gonna get. You're gonna get the Norris, okay? So you had mentioned that Nick Lidstrom. He won seven of them. He was dominant, and it, there's no doubt in my mind he didn't deserve all seven. As great as he is, but one of the all-time no, best. But what we're saying, AQ, to get you in on this is, I believe that five, maybe six of those sevens, he wasn't the best. No, he for one or two of those seven, he wasn't the best defenseman. But he had the resume. He had the championships. He's as the cups hanging from the banners in Detroit. Give him the, you know. Give him the Norris is what so, I'm saying. So, you know, I hate in the society, we, we like to give awards and, and trophies for everything in IQ. I know you agree here, but I honestly think this is a good case to kind of diversify this and also make the NHL award show better, include some more guys, make it pop a little bit. Let's come up with an, at least one more trophy, maybe two for the best offensive defenseman. Love it. The guy who has the most points as a defenseman, give it to him. Then you, you can give the Norris to the best two-way defenseman, maybe the best guy judged uh, traditionally playing defense. And then maybe you come up with something for the standard stay-at-home defenseman. I don't know how you judge that. Maybe it's plus-minus. Maybe you bring in some of the advanced stats the NHL has been embracing yeah. a little bit. Uh, and you, you you give that to a guy who otherwise doesn't get the notoriety or the shine normally because they're doing the dirty work. They're mm -hmm. staying at home. AQ. I like it. I mean, I like it a lot. I think uh, in, in, all, in a lot of these cases, and you guys can agree or disagree, but it happens in almost every sport. Team success brings individual success, right? Yes. right? So um, if you're on a better team, you're going to get more awards. And once you win one award, it keeps rolling. In the NFL, like you make a Pro Bowl, you make 10. Like you make one, you make 10. Right, 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 right. So 
and, and it's the same thing in all-star games, right? I mean, it, it's not always. It's just the, who's the most popular. And at the end of the day, with, with Brent Burns, with all these guys who are putting up all these points, like they're the popular vote, no question about it. But again, I think breaking it down into the different categories will, will, will improve the award That's and the a- way they're getting that's a great point about the NFL because uh, you bring this up. Marquise Bouncy, center for the Pittsburgh Steelers, plays your position, obviously. He is annually regarded as one of the best centers in the league, and I know that he's not. Like I watch him every week. Uh, I, I, I see the stats that people put out there, and, and he gets a lot of recognition. I'm not dogging him. I'm not saying he you, sucks you by any means. Him. No, he's a stud. But, you know, a lot of, oh, he's the best center in the league, best center in the league. He's not. And AQ, I don't know if you share that same opinion or not. I don't think I can comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, stay away I've seen a lot of evidence that points the otherwise, but he still gets the Pro Bowls. He still gets – I think he's been an All-Pro before. So, you know, like you said, with the name and the recognition, once you get there once, you tend to stay at the top of the mountain, and they like to keep throwing stuff your way. But in, in Pouncey's defense, I mean, Ben has thrown for a lot of yards. And Le'Veon, no doubt. No Le'Veon doubt. Great Bell, player. When, when he was wearing the black and gold, advanced the football for a lot of yards. Team success. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So the reason we're kind of talking about all this in the Norris Trophy is because Drew Doughty earlier this week, defenseman for the LA Kings, who has won in Norris in the past when arguably he didn't have his best season when he won it. But it, it's, it was decided upon by the writers and, and whoever votes on these awards, the old boys, the old boys club of the NHL, that, hey, it's Doughty's time. He deserves it. He's put in the work. So we're going to reward him this season. Uh, he spoke recently about Brent Burns. Uh, who is a dynamic offensive defenseman for the San Jose Sharks. Not the best in his own end. Not bad by any means. Stud, he's on Team Canada every year for the Olympics. You know, he's perennial all-star, always leading the league in points. Was a forward at, at points early in his career even. Uh, Doughty said this, all you got to do is watch one game and you'll see Brent Burns get beat three times a game, literally, and everybody has him up for the Norris. I just don't get it. You could say it's sour grapes from Drew, but he has a point. Right. Like this guy goes out there and he if you watch Sharks games, they've been terrible lately. They've been getting toasted. Uh, And Brent isn't the best defensive guy on the ice. I mean, does he deserve an award of this stature for his play? I I tend to agree with Dowdy that uh, there are other guys more deserving. Look at Victor Hedman. Uh, in Tampa, well, I think Tampa's going to sweep all the awards this year, by the way. They are unbelievable. Kucherov's going to get the MVP scoring trophy. Uh, I mean, Vlasileski might get the Vesna, but you look at uh, Giordano in Calgary, Chris Letang even, he's missed some time with some injuries, but his season, by all accounts, has been outstanding, both, of the, both ends of the ice. How about Carlson with the Caps? John Carlson's mm-hmm. another guy who probably doesn't get enough credit. Then you're talking about Morgan Riley out of Toronto, somebody. But hey, can, let me let me just Morgan leave. Riley fits that same mold though. He had a ton of points early in the year. Not the best in the D zone. Not a liability by any means. But like there are other guys out there, I think, who probably uh, embody what this award is supposed to be. Yeah, more. I'm 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 being old cranky guy for a minute. AQ, tell me if you agree or not. I'm just I'm saying to to Dowdy, shut up. Just shut up. Just worry about your locker room, dude. You've got a Norris. Burns has got a Norris. Who? It's not for you to say he's had a good year and had a bad year. We're looking at total points. We're looking at playoffs. Doughty's not going to the playoffs. Sharks are. I mean, just shut up. That's all I'm saying to, to Drew Doughty. I, I, I agree. I mean, I think when it comes to, to players amongst players and talking shit or whatever on another player in the league, I think it's a super aggressive move. I think it's super aggressive. I think at the end of the day, everybody puts in so much work regardless of what sport you're playing, you go to work every day, you put everything you got on the line for 82 games, for 16 games, for whatever, however many games your league's playing. And for somebody to to, to call somebody else out when they're an elite player as well, right. 
it, it, it's a super aggressive move. I never agree with <laughs> and you. Both have, you both have the trophy you're talking about too. Yeah, in, like, you know, in your trophy case, but. Hey, I just think it's funny. Drew, Drew Dowdy. Well, that's I like it because the NHL players a lot of times don't show personality and they don't say what they really mean. They they give the most cliche answers. Uh, obviously, you know, we went out there and we battled hard and <laughs> we uh, you know we just <laughs> played to the win, whistle. Yeah, got to win some more puck battles. <laughs> play the whistle. But it, it it is what it is. When you're a team that's terrible like Los Angeles and Drew just committed there long term for big money, he's probably a little upset right now because uh, the Sharks, a division rival, are very good. And Brent's getting all the attention, and Drew probably is just pissed. And yeah. I get it. Like I'm, hey, I'm happy he's spoken up. Real quick, these two defensemen—they drop them on the ice. Who, who you got? AQ. I go. I mean, I, I don't think I agreed with the Drew Doughty move last year, making him the Norris Trophy winner. But I've always liked Burns' play. I, I think he's so dangerous on the power play. I mean, I think he brings so much offensively that, yeah, I think you're, you're willing to deal with some of the defensive lapses. Yeah. Plus a great look, too. <laughs> Plus you look at, like... One, one of the best uh, beards ever. They, ever yeah, ever. they just got Eric Carlson, right? And he's won the award in the past, so it's like he has a lot of help around him. And I don't know if I want to knock him for that because people used to say it's the same thing about Crosby and Malkin when Crosby was winning MVPs. Well, he's got Malkin there with him. Like, can you fault him for that? Yeah. Is it his fault that he has good players around him to make him better? I mean, Gretzky had the best guys around him in the league for all those years. He goes to L.A., doesn't have quite as much talent, still does well, but he isn't quite the player he was. I just watched that 30 for 30 again, by the way. If you've never seen that, that is an awesome 30 for 30 about the trade from trading Gretzky from Edmonton to L.A. and the, basically the way it affected the game and has grown the game. I, I came home from school, saw it on the news. I was shocked. I was, it was like, a big what? Deal. My draw hit the floor. They traded Gretzky? Are you kidding me? He was, was a like, Canadian icon. They tried to get the government to intervene. and. I mean. And, put the axe on it. <laughs> it's like, unbelievable. All right, Crazy. youngsters, hold on real quick. I do have a little Norris trophy trivia I want to drop on you guys. Shoot. Okay, Lindstrom won seven. Okay, he's second all time. Two-part two question. Who's got the most? When do you do it? Uh-huh. Paul, Paul Coffey. That's wrong. I'm sorry. I figured. <laughs> That's another guy, though. <laughs> Hall of Famer, legend, couple hundred points. It's, it's a funny answer. Uh, it's a funny one, believe me. Larry Robinson. Uh, close, close. We're in that era that you're talking the about. The 70s? Bobby Orr. Oh. Okay, uh, hold on a minute. Uh, 68 to 75. Just he, all him? He did not lose the award. <laughs> he won eight <laughs> straight years of the Norris as the best. And yeah, I know, it it's a different game back then. I get it. A lot less teams. The pace was slower and everything. But I don't care. If you're doing something and you're winning eight straight Norris trophies, Bobby Orr, you know, glad that you're uh, glad that you're a Hockey Hall of Famer, my man. I mean, that makes sense to me. How long was his career? His career wasn't even that long, really. So he might have won it almost every year he played. That's insane. But uh, like I said, Victor Hedman won it last year. I think he wins it again. Yep. I think it's just – I think Tampa is going to clean sweep most of those awards except for maybe the Selkie that will probably go to uh, Bergeron or maybe Marchand. Those are the guys that – Andre Kopitar is usually up there, but they're having a terrible year. Um, so, all right, we kind of already – we usually at the end of the show wrap up with uh, playoff matchups. We do. We kind of we we can... already dug into it a little bit to start the show. Yeah. So just real quick, Orms, let's let's touch on that. I just want you guys to talk. We're, we're burying Philadelphia. We've already done that. I'm yeah, sorry, Flyer dead. fans, you're eight points out. There's about six games, five games left, depending on who you play for. So Philly's out. It's either Columbus or Montreal. Okay, that's where we're at right now. Columbus trailing by two. Who do you guys like? I asked you every question. Who is it for the final spot? Who are we going with? Are we going with Columbus, going to turn it around, or is it going to be the Habs? I'll, I'll go first. I mean, I think it's. Uh, I think this one's so so hard to go in because normally you can go with the hot goaltender, but both goaltenders are playing incredible right now. Um, Columbus went all in. I think they're fighting for that right now. I think they, they they made all those moves at the deadline. I think 
you know, they're, they're looking at looking around the locker room. They're starting to feel sorry for themselves. And then, bam, they start to go on a little run. So um, that, that can go a long way. But I, I think at the end of the day, i got to go with Columbus. All right. Yeah, I, and I, in my brain, my logical brain tells me Montreal. But because I'm saying that, I know in my heart Columbus is going to get in. It's just it, it, they deserve to for going all in. The fans deserve it. They, they have a great fan base there. Uh, I'm not just saying that to suck up to you guys. Um, it's it's so tough, man. I, I saw that the three guys that they got combined points, I think, they at the deadline, Duchesne, Dezingle, and I'm blanking on the other guy for some reason. I know it was a big pickup, but like 26 points combined points. The guys who Ottawa got back in those deals, mm-hmm. three guys, uh, also 26 points. Really? So, you know, it, it's funny how guys can be big-time elite players in one market, get traded, don't quite fit in or don't mesh right away and don't put up the points you thought they were going to put because they're playing different roles. Right. We talked about it with Kyle Turris earlier, but uh, uh, I think I think Montreal, probably Columbus. What's going on? I at think West? Montreal, probably Columbus. You didn't hedge your bets there at all. But no, all. like I want okay. Montreal to get in. I'm saying Montreal, but like part of me is like Columbus is going to get in. Fuck you, Nick. You're usually wrong. All right, let's go to the West, and this involves you, AQ, right now. Colorado, 83 points, but the Arizona. The Coyotes are trailing by two points, Minnesota by four points. And before you answer, I am officially burying Chicago. They are seven points out with six games to go. And this is on you, Chicago. And this is – fans, I'm sorry, but it's on the front office because you got rid of Joel Quinville. We talked about it on Facebook. You're bitter about this, and I like it. They got rid of an old war horse after 15 games. And I'm telling you this, AQ, if they didn't, if they said, we're making a change at the end of the season, Q would have been, great, got it. By the way, we're going to the playoffs this year. I'm going to find a way to get my boys in the playoffs before you fire me at the end of the year. I don't like it. I don't like the 33-year-old guy who came from the River Ice Hogs of the AAAHL or whatever they – Why, why no know. credit for him getting them back into the race? He did get them back in the race, but they also got two of the top players in all of hockey. I know injuries have come into it and stuff, but anyway, that's just my take. Chicago, you are buried. So, AQ, your Coyotes, two games, two points uh, two points uh, trailing Colorado right now and also Minnesota trailing Colorado by four. I think the Coyotes get in. I really do. I'm telling you. And if they do, this is a team nobody in the West wants to see. They're so strong in the neutral zone. They play unbelievable defense, and they're getting great goaltending at the right time of year. Wow. You think Calgary's scared of Arizona? I think at the end of the day, I know that Calgary can score, but they don't want to see that brand of hockey. They don't. I'd love don't. to see it. I, I, I've been pulling for Arizona. They've been suffering for a long time out there. I'd like to see them get in. Uh, I'm going to go with them, too, just because I don't want to go back on my word. I've been, I've been with them. Hey, if, we got, if, if the playoffs ended right now, you guys got a dogfight going on with, uh, with the Islanders for home ice. Both are tied in points right now. Oh, Nick just waved it off. Don't care about home ice. I told Nick you. Nick just the, waved the Islanders, it off. The Islanders are Watch banged. those Islanders. They're banged up. They've been relying on hot goaltending all year. I don't think they can score at the rate they need to score to in the playoffs. We'll see, though. That could come back to bite me. Okay, one last thing before we go. Zito. Yep. You still there? Oh, yeah. boy. Uh, you're a Chicago guy. Yep. How do you feel about what they did to Coach Q and how the Hawks have gone up and down this season? I will say, though, I do miss Coach Q, but we still have a .04%. That's not double zero, so we have a chance. Wow. If there's, a, yeah, if there's a puck, still there's in. a chance. We're still in it. With still the in. mathematical still chance. A a Thank puck. you, HockeyReference.com. <laughs> Courtesy. Good boy, Q. <laughs> oh boy, he's getting all on the Joel Quinville bandwagon. I love it. There you have it. From Viva Lozito himself. And that's Hockey Talk.